God's Word says all scripture is God-breathed, and it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Whatever season of life you're in, the Bible has answers. Come along with me as we discuss life, faith, parenting, marriage, and more, all in light of scripture. Thanks for listening to the Streams of Water podcast. Well, hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Streams of Water. I'm your host, Shauna, and I am just basking in the sunlight. I'm I'm inside at my kitchen table, but it is so sunny and it just like, lifts my spirits and I don't know. I'm just a happy girl. We have um, had a couple of great days of beautiful weather here and I'm just, mm, I'm so excited. Um, I'm sorry, it's been a few weeks since I've been on here and have recorded something. We have, um, we wrapped up our basketball season. We coach at a local high school and our varsity team made it all the way to the state tournament and which is so exciting. Um, but you know, it, the season then was a little bit longer than usual and, Um, we've had some sickness and, um, my husband and daughter went on a little, uh, trip out of town together and I took the boys out of town somewhere too. And so we have just been, um, kind of catching up on regular life. And so I'm sorry, it's been a couple of weeks. That was not my intention, but that's just how it goes. So I'm going to wrap up, um, the, little mini series on um, wholehearted and loving God with your whole heart and uh, in what the Shema, which is in Deuteronomy um, 6, talks about. And if you haven't gotten a chance to listen to the series, I would encourage you to do that. These questions will make a lot more sense if you do that. Um, And so we've been talking about, you know, how do we identify uh, idols, things in our lives that keep us from serving God wholeheartedly, loving Him whole, wholeheartedly, and then um, how do we battle, you know, ourself? Um, because our idols are always going to be connected to us. They things that serve us, um, things that give us what we think we desire. And then um, we talked about um, dwelling in God's Word, and that is a way to combat. Um, this um, idol of self and just all the idols in general that we have. So um, I got a few questions in about um, this series. And so I'm just going to take a little bit of time uh, to answer those today. And um, yeah, and then it'll wrap up our our time on, on this subject. So um, one friend of mine asked, um, you know, she's, she's like, I think, you know, I already know the answer to this, but, um, you know, can idols be a good thing? And absolutely. I would argue that, um, the majority of the time they actually are inherently good things. Um, for example, um, health or, um, your family or a marriage relationship or, you know, just like, having fun, you know, stuff like that. Um, those are good things in the desire to have those things are, it's fine. It's good. Like, I think that we were created in 
we, I know we were created in God's image. And so we are going to be image bearers of him. And he loves things like health and life and um, marriage and parent, child, healthy relationships there. Um, I think he invented fun. And so he loves those things. And so it's when we misplace those things in our life, when we're, when we're solely seeking health, I will say for me, um, these last couple of weeks, we, well, kind of these last couple months, we're a young family. And so we are getting all the germs. And my daughter just started a gymnastics class, which is so fun. Um, but that comes with um, germs, right? We're around new people. We're around equipment that other kids are on. And so she got hit with a, a pretty bad stomach bug, um, which is, you know, if you know me, my absolute least favorite of the bugs. And there was lots of puke and, uh, you know, an urgent care trip because she had a fever, a pretty high fever. And, um, I was not in a great um, mental state, right? Um, for me, this stuff relates to um, my mom and um, at the end of her life when she was going through chemo, um, she would get sick. And so the connection for me, I think I've talked about this on here before. <gasps> it's what's on my mind a lot lately. But um, the connection for me is it's, you know, uh, getting sick to your stomach and death are very like close for me because of experiencing that with my mom. But the more um, that I saw my daughter, my sweetie, get sick, um, the more uh, it it kind of wasn't correlated to death anymore. It was like, this is a stomach bug. And I can say that in my head and out loud. Um, but this deep desire to have health in my family it's not a bad thing, but I think um, I tend to make it one of the most important things sometimes. And, you know, I, I just kind of knuckle my way through and, okay, Lord, like, please help us. And then, you know, then I feel like I praise God when everybody's healthy. And I really want to shift that to be praising God in the midst of the sickness and it's a hard thing to do. Um, but I think that, you know, what if I, sometimes I think, what if someday, um, I had a more long-term illness, right. Or, um, something that was more debilitating or my husband did, or one of my kids did, I want to build those muscles now to, um, be able to praise God in the midst of, of sickness or a health issue or something like that. And so while I think it is absolutely fine for us to desire our family to be healthy, we love our family. We care about them. We don't want to see them, um, you know, feeling sick. Um, but we have to put it in the proper place of, um, this is not the number one priority. It's not. And I think that, um, culture kind of tells us it is that, you know, health and safety are the number one important issues. And, um, while they are important and God has entrusted these, our three kids to my husband and I, and I will take care of them and I will do those things. Absolutely. Um, my world cannot come crashing down every time somebody is sick, um, because that would be really depressing. So, um, yeah, so I think that 
you know, another thing, kind of a follow-up um, thought that that friend had was, um, you know, she said that serving for her can can be an idol. Um, she said, am I serving God or just serving to get a pat on the back? I want serving to be wholeheartedly about God and not about me at all. And <clears throat> I think that's really wise that she's able to just, in discerning, to to notice that, you know, in herself. And it feels really great to get a high five or a round of applause or or whatever. Um, but, you know, what I was thinking about with this question um, was uh, when it talks about how we will um, lay down our crowns at Jesus's feet. So we, these eternal rewards, um, that would be a good little series to do too, is just stuff on heaven. But when we um, do good deeds on this earth, right, in the name of Jesus, right, not for ourselves, um, we, the Bible talks about that we will get these rewards when we get to heaven, right? And, but then it turns it around real quick and says, we are going to lay those down at Jesus's feet because nothing in us uh, of ourselves is good. We are we're evil to the core. Um, God created us in his image, yes, to bear that in him. But apart from that, we don't look anything like God, right? That makes sense, right? The absence of him uh, from our lives equals like we're not, we don't look like that. So I think when we um, do these good things on earth out of a response to um, loving God wholeheartedly, um, it doesn't mean we can't say thank you if somebody says, hey, you did a great job at that, or, you know, thank you for for serving in nursery on Sunday. There's um, a beauty to that that I think we can be excited about and, and happy, and doesn't mean we have to absolutely shun any, you know, um, kind words that somebody says to us about the thing that we did, how we served, but I think it has to be in this mindset of, um, that these things really are ultimately all going back to God. Um, and it's a partnership. It's not just, you know, I am like a slave to God and and he he does get all the credit, but it's this like God includes us in a story. And so it's this partnership of that we get to um, like also reap the benefits of um just how he's designed us to be and to serve. So um, um, another question I got, which was um, great and a good one to think about was the concept of accountability relating um, to wholeheartedly loving Christ. And um, this, this friend was talking about how, you know, when she's had a struggle in certain areas, it's um, been helpful to, like talk about that with a friend, but it didn't really help the temptation. Um, and so <clears throat> I think she's asking, you know, how do I, on this path to wholeheartedly loving God, how do other people come into play with that? And, and I would agree that, um, a lot of times when we uh, are in sin, you know, James talks about the book of James talks about confessing our sins to one another, um, and uh, I believe first John talks about confessing 
like when we confess our sins, right? And it just says when we confess our sins, but I think it could be to God, obviously, uh, even though he already knows that it's a, it's a relationship. He wants to, to hear that from us. And it's really for our benefit that we're like recognizing that it's sin, right? And also when we confess to, to one another. Um, and I, I think the temptation part is, is hard, but it's good to get a friend on board with that stuff too. So, um, a lot of times the, or maybe all the time, um, actually being tempted isn't, isn't where the sin is because we know this because Jesus was tempted, um, by Satan in the desert, right? When he, um, went for 40 days and and he was tempted and didn't give into it. And we know that um, first Peter talks about how um, Jesus committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth. So we know that he's sinless. So therefore, um, since he was tempted, that wasn't necessarily, that wasn't the sin part, right? That's not a sinful thing. So I think sometimes we have to give ourselves um, some grace when we just, oh, I'm just, I just continue to be tempted with this one thing. Um, but the Bible also talks about like um, when it's uh, Cain and Abel, God talks about mastering sin, right? Like it's it's coming for you and you got to master it. Like you got to control, control it and um, we do that, you know, through Christ. And so, but I will say, um, Randy Alcorn, who I worked for and just love that man. He, um, is a prolific off- author, um, 50 something books it might be in the mid fifties, upper fifties. Now, um, he talks about, um, how, you know, when you know that you have a temptation for something, right. Um, you, he uses the example of like wanting to eat healthier. And so you have a couple ways that you can walk home from where you are or something. And, and you can walk by the donut shop or you can walk a different path. And if you are going to walk by the donut shop, you know that that temptation is going to come more alive and it's going to be hungry. And it's, you know, you're going to want to, it's going to be easier for you to give in um, to that thing. And so, part of us mastering sin is choosing to walk uh, a different way um, than the way we know we're going to stumble, right? So if it's alcohol, it's a good idea to not go to a bar because alcohol is very available there, right? If you struggle with impure thoughts, um, you really got to watch what you watch on on TV, right? That's going to affect you differently. Um, and so I think in the process of having accountability, it's letting people know what those temptations are so that they can help you walk along that other path. And um, I just think of the story of um, the man, uh, the paralyzed man who um, his friends like cut a hole in the roof and lowered him to Jesus, right? It took his friends um, to take him to Jesus. And I don't know where all of those friends were um, or he was exactly spiritually, but Jesus talks about how his friend's faith healed him. And so it's really important. And actually next week, we're going to jump into a series on friendship, which I'm really excited about. But um, 
friendships are important and and yes your spouse can um be a lot of that for you but your spouse sometimes is so close to you that um they're either a little too critical or not critical enough right and so i think it's really important for us to have um friends that are are willing to walk through that stuff with us. And so um, Jesus had, you know, he had the 12 disciples and then he obviously was surrounded by tons of people all the time, but he had three, um, uh, John, James, and Peter. He had three friends that were his closest, that knew um, more than the other people knew. And so um, I do think it's really important to to have those people in your life that, um, yeah, that will walk that with you. So I was just at, um, the beach with, um, my really, really dear friend. And, um, I had to confess some stuff to her and she was so gracious and, um, so like we're in this together and, you know, like sin, I was just talking to my husband about this last night yesterday sin um is not viewed very um like we we have a way less view of it i'm not saying this well (laughs) than um than we should right sin is a big deal it absolutely separates us from god even if we are in christ and we still struggle with sin right we're going to until the day we die um it still hurts our relationship with God. Now, Romans talks about how um, nothing can separate us from the love of God. And so I believe that we are still connected to him. Like we don't lose our salvation when we sin. Um, But we, um, our, our relationship is hurt, right? Like I can still be married to my husband and absolutely hurt our relationship. It doesn't mean when I sin against him that I'm going to like, we're going to get divorced. You know, that's it, that sin doesn't equal just, oh, automatically you're like broken up, but it does certainly hurt our relationship. And so anyway, um, all that to be said, um, I do think accountability is really important when it comes to wholeheartedly serving God and being in step with someone else that is on the same path um, that you are in wanting to love God wholeheartedly, serve Him, um, look more like Him, tell others about Him. And so um, I think that that obviously is um, extremely important. So, And then my last question that I got was, um, after I identify an idol in my life, how can I shift it so that God is number one over my idol? And this one, um, I think obviously it'll be, it's like circumstantial for what your idol is. Like if, you know, if your idol is like that you have a drug addiction, right? Like that is going to, there's going to be like a certain process to, you know, work through that addiction, which is going to include others. It's probably going to include some therapy and um, some detox and all that stuff. And then there may be um, an idol that's, you know, like watching too much TV or something like that. Both things are issues, right? I'm not saying that 
sometimes I think we like um, put sin on, on different levels and sin. I think there is an appropriate time to do that, but sin is sin. And sometimes I think we just kind of not, we don't make a big deal about the little quote unquote little sins. Um, but it's a really important to look into, okay, what is this thing that's keeping me from God? And like, how do I, how do I master it? Right. And so one thing that I talked about on my last episode was dwelling in God's word and being in it. And a friend of mine and I are memorizing some scripture together right now. And we talk about how, um, you know, it it can feel like we're, we're memorizing a huge chunk. And so like, it can feel like, wow, this is hard or it's like monotonous or whatever. And then we, we read other passages, passages of scripture and we're like, Hey, that sounds like first Peter or, Hey, I I'm just thinking this way about this issue. And I know it's because like, I have God's word in my heart. And so I think the more and more I'm, I'm a huge proponent of memorizing scripture. Um, because, I don't know. I heard something the other day about how many times you have to hear something to like really make it stick. It it was a lot. I don't even remember, but, um, we have so much information coming at us all the time that if we don't make scripture a huge, like the majority of what we're hearing, we're going to go with those other voices. Right. And so, um, I would say, like spend significant amount of time in scripture, um, have it be daily. I know that there's different seasons and I talked about this last episode. There's different seasons of life that don't allow you to like sit and really, really, really dwell, but, um, put scripture on when you're doing dishes or have some worship music, um, that is biblically based, on in the car or when you're cleaning the house or something where if you're not able to sit down and like deeply dive into God's word right now, that's okay. I'm in a season of life where I don't always get to do that either. Um, because God has given us responsibilities of, of jobs or children or, um, keeping the house clean or caring for a sick parent or whatever it is. We have responsibilities, absolutely. And that doesn't always allow us 30 minutes or an hour every day. Um, But in what smaller way, seemingly smaller ways, are you getting God's word into your ears, into your eyes, into your heart? So I think that that is is a really, a really huge one. I would say like pretty much the most important thing that you can do to, to combat, um, this idol. And so, and again, like having other people alongside of you that are walking through it with you, um, whether that's family or friends or a spouse. Um, so I think that that is, that is, uh, those are some good ways to, um, you know, to get that idol out of your life and to also just know that it's a process. Um, and each idol has a different hold on us. Um, but to recognize too that God is um, bigger than the idol, and He He wants your heart. God is all about our hearts. We see this not just in the Gospels. We see it a lot in the Gospels in the way Jesus lived and spoke to people. But um, 
I was, you know, listening to um, a podcast the other day um, about Old Testament scripture and God is all about the hearts of his people when they're wandering in the desert um, for his, for his people, the Israelites. And, um, you know, he gave, there's something like 619 laws in the Old Testament or something like that. And um, those laws were, were heart focused, even though they felt like really, you know, tedious or this is an interesting law. I just read some of them to my husband. I'm like, that's just, you know, it's, it's not funny, but like some of them are like, oh my gosh, this is an interesting law, but they all had to do with, um, the heart of, of God's people, because he knew that they were going to be tempted to walk a different way and walk away from him. And, um, I think sometimes people can think that God is just like really selfish or he's like, yeah, you can only serve me and it's all about me. But what I've been coming to realize is um, he's the only one I, I've known that he's the only one that deserves praise. Right. But um, also he's the only one that can give um, his people what they really desire and the only person that they're actually going to be safe in and, um, and loved fully and eternally. And he's doing it all for us. Like, and it's just, it's just beautiful to think about that when we, we see these laws and we think that they're so, um, rough or so whatever, um, unfair or just about keeping a rule or whatever. And they're really about, about, um, God's heart. So maybe sometime I'll get into the laws too. They're really, they're really interesting. So, well, those are the questions that I received and some thoughts about them. And so, um, thank you for those who submitted those questions. And as always, um, if you have other questions, uh, I'm on Instagram, uh, streams of water underscore Sean Hernandez. And I'm on, um, Apple Podcasts, I would love a review if you wouldn't mind taking a few minutes. That helps people find the podcast. Um, and yeah, as always, thank you. And um, I'm looking forward to starting this new series. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you next week. Thanks.